Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'll never forget that evening at Lady of the Valley Catholic Church in Lahara, Colorado. I was a youth pastor at the time, and I was there with a, a whole busload of my youth group. We were there for a week doing a variety of service projects with San Luis Valley Christian Community Services. San Luis County at that time was statistically the poorest county in America and had one of the highest unemployment rates as well. We were staying at Lady of the Valley with the boys sleeping on the floor in Fellowship Hall and the girls sleeping in the back of the sanctuary where it was uh, carpeted and it was kind of open. That was really their, uh, the narthex and sanctuary uh, combined. On this particular evening, we needed to be away from the church because there was a wake scheduled there, a visitation for an older woman who had died in the congregation. No problem. We'll just, uh, we'll just clear out and come back when the, when the wake is over. So after uh, working hard all day at various projects in the valley, we, we headed in, into the next town, the larger town of Alamosa, where we uh, grabbed some burgers and fries and then went to the water park. So after a lighthearted and fun night playing in the water park, Alamosa, Colorado, we headed back to Lady of the Valley. Well, sure enough, everyone had cleared out from the wake, so the girls quickly headed into the sanctuary and the boys to Fellowship Hall to kind of settle in for the evening. Shortly, just seconds after the girls had entered the sanctuary, they ran back to the rest of us, screaming, there's a dead body in here. And sure enough, as we all walked into the sanctuary, there in the back of the sanctuary, very close to the sleeping bags, was a circle of lit candles, and in the middle of the candles, an open casket with the body of the woman who had died. It is, uh, we learned, a tradition in uh, some Spanish-speaking churches for the wake and the body to remain through the night with the lit candles. Now, this was not a, a visual that our kids were used to or expecting particularly in the very room where they were sleeping. Relieved there wasn't uh, an actual emergency, you know, like a rattlesnake or coyote running loose in the church, we quickly figured out a strategy for the night. We would all sleep in Fellowship Hall that night. Fine. Uh, should work. Almost everyone uh, then began transitioning to this uh, new plan. All except for Kari. Now, Kari uh, was a high school girl who had been struggling for some time emotionally. Depression and anxiety 
and of late she'd been battling suicidal thoughts, which we as the adult leaders, myself and the volunteers who were along, we, we knew about. While all the other girls gladly and quickly moved to Fellowship Hall, Kari went and camped out on the floor by the candles, sitting cross-legged, just staring at the casket. And there she remained. Um, a word came to me about this, and I, along with others, were just concerned about where, where Kari was at, you know, what her emotional state was at the time. Was she okay? Um, I went in to check in with her. Hi, Kari. Hi. Are you, uh, are you okay? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. Why do you want to be in here right now? I don't know. I'm just thinking. Do you, uh, do you want to talk about it? No. Now, I wasn't necessarily reassured how she was doing. She seemed kind of despondent to me, but I, I didn't know what else uh, to do at that point. So I just said, look, if you need someone to talk to, uh, let me know, okay? Sure. When I came back to the group, it was Rebecca's turn. And uh, she then walked uh, into the sanctuary with a mission. Now, Rebecca was Kari's leader, volunteer, a, a mentor to her over several years, who had been her small group leader, first in confirmation and then, and then in high school, a group of high school kids at met. She had earned the right to be trusted. Rebecca just went in there and sat down next to Kari. Didn't say much of anything at all, but they just sat together for quite a while, the two of them. Eventually, they were talking, and eventually Rebecca put her arm around her, and uh, they talked some more. And then eventually, both came out walking together. And I have to say, Kari's spirits had been lifted considerably. Rebecca was a lifeline for Kari, a lifeline that Kari could see and hear and touch. Rebecca was Christ to Kari, for it was God who showed up in the flesh right next to her. The truth is, it was Christ who was in Kari, too, who showed up to Rebecca, beckoning the people of God to be there for Kari. I was blue, and you visited me. Soon, Kari was back with the group, which warmly received her. Kari, you see, was in a community that cared about her, and Kari did know it. At times, at least, she could see and hear and touch the word of life in those around her. Luther once wrote, and I've shared this before, but I'm going to keep on sharing it. 
He once wrote, We are Christ's, with and without the apostrophe. So, with the apostrophe, we are Christ's. There's a possessive there, right? We belong to Christ who has claimed us and redeemed us and who makes unconditional promises to us. Without the apostrophe, we are Christ's. The meaning's a little different, isn't it? Meaning, God has called us to be a Christ-like presence for others around us, and even more than a Christ-like presence, because Christ lives through us for other people, through our actions and our presence. So we, as members of the body of Christ, are Christ. That's what we saw that night at Lady of the Valley. The average American does not view everyday life as a place where God hangs out. I mean, study after study shows this. Why would God show up there in this crummy, mundane world of mine? (laughs) Um, The world that I can see, hear, and touch. hmm? Where is God? Well, God is is spiritual, of course, so God is somewhere above us in, in the ether. I, on the other hand, am living in a material world, and I am a material being. Okay, that's a song by Madonna in the 80s. Happens to be how we perceive things, though. Observers have called this, and I quote, functional atheism, which means believing in God, but living as though there were no God. Most Christians, in fact, on some level, myself included, are functional atheists, um, not adequately imagining or perceiving God as active in this material world of ours, not perceiving that we can, in fact, see, hear, and touch God. We may all agree that God is at work in the world. We surely do. But oftentimes, it's just information to us. It's an idea that lives in our head. Kari was a sensitive person who struggled with feeling like her soul was stranded in a material body and a long, long way from God until someone reminded her that God was right there, right there, and that her material life was priceless because God says so. The writer of 1 John gives voice to this, and I quote, We declare to you, What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And we declare it to you, says John, so that we might have fellowship with you. About the word fellowship, notice how everything in this passage is we. We declare what we have heard, what we have seen, what we have touched, etc. The God who has become flesh and dwelled among us becomes a part of us. We. And so we see, hear, and touch this God right here in the material world that God made. And as the writer of John says, we declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also 
may have fellowship with us. Rebecca declared this message to Kari. Kari experienced it, and she was reconnected and had fellowship with us. It is no accident that God shows up most powerfully in that which we can see and hear and touch. In the word of God, we can hear, just as you are right now, in a loving face that we can see and trust in the bread or water of God's promises that we can touch and even taste and in the touch of another we touch God let us never forget that when it says in John that the word became flesh and flesh and dwelled among us it takes root and finds expression in community in fellowship in people. Look around you in people that we can see and hear and sometimes touch who care for each other and who celebrate the world of life together, who go on journeys together. And there is the incarnate God among them. You've heard me also talk about another of Martin Luther's teachings, what he called the mutual conversation and consolation of the saints. Sounds like kind of a mouthful. There's a lot in there. For Luther, this meant believers getting together to share and converse about this thing called faith, to share and converse about how we experience this God who shows up with the gift of life and the strength to bear our burdens for us and with us, who calls us forth then to work with him for the purpose of life, in mutual conversation and consolation, God is present. You've also heard me talk a lot about faith practices along the way, something uh, that we're trying to learn. I think for many of you, it's been kind of unclear what faith practices are. They are basically the mutual conversation and consolation of the saints, which can take the form of Rebecca sitting with Kari. Two people building community with each other around Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. And so what follows when we gather is conversation with God and each other about life, about joys, about struggles, about callings. It can happen in a class like GPS as it did uh, regularly there when we did uh, the class. It happens in the men's uh, Bible study. Uh, for sure. It happens in the, is it the, uh, Leona, is it the Fruits of the Spirit uh, the, uh, Bible study on Tuesdays? Um, it, happens, it happens in circles. It happens in gatherings. It happens at various uh, times. It happens when we share highs and lows with each other. It can happen when we're trying to learn and discern what God is doing and wants to do with us. These are practices because any Christian can do them anytime, anywhere with each other. It does not require a pastor or a faith formation director to be present. As our mission statement might put it, it is learning to live the word of God. Doing it. 
We are beyond God as an idea now. Faith practices take us exactly where the writer of John points. Concerning the word of life that comes from God, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you touch? That, by the way, makes for good conversation. It is also the engine for growth in faith and mission. Amen.